Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Yes, and today, today I have a um, premium. I have. Cornell West's book, Democracy Matters. That's my premium for today, and I'll get around to it in a minute. I think you may have heard some takes on this book on the morning show, um, Winning the Fight Against Imperialism. The chapter that interests me the most is The Crisis of Christian Identity in America. Wow, that's the biggie, folks. That is the big one. Anyway, uh, so many things today. Once again, I'm fragmented. One of these days, I must take a course (laughs) in how to focus. I tell you, all week, I was in shock. Uh, I, I, I saw that two women, you know, had walked off with the Nobel Prizes, and I assumed, you know, that I could turn on mass media, C-SPAN, CNN, and and there would be this, this uh, wave of information and material to tell me all about them, all about their background. And, of course, there was nothing. I have to go to the library and check the big magazines. Uh, that's all right. Now, I know how to do that. What upsets me, of course, is that as a recovering English teacher, I know how these things work. Um, if it stays below the radar, you know, people will forget. What we need is the sort of thing that, um, would you call it, uh, yes, a liberal education something like that happens, I want every school child in the nation to know about it. You know, the Austrian feminist who won the prize for uh, literature, she's a uh, a woman with a feminist fist in the air called Radical, right? Oh, <laughs> yes. She accepted the Nobel Prize on behalf of all women writers. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, my books are at Cody's Bookstore. Yes, all women writers get the Nobel this year. I'll take it. Um, the amazing woman in um, Kenya is one that, you know, uh, uh, few people have heard of, or if they have, you know, they hadn't recognized her as what we would call a major eco-warrior. I distinguish the eco-warrior, that's E-C-O, from the ego-warrior, you know, the one who's just a breast-beating uh, self-aggrandizing idiot. Yes, these are eco-feminists. These uh, women, I think of them as primal feminists. People uh, struggle with the word feminism. Uh, I think that any ecologist or environmentalist is automatically a feminist. That is, they are earth-based people. Uh, This woman, actually, let's spell her name because I'll mangle it. The woman from Kenya. W-A-N-G-A-R-I-M-A-A-T-H-A-I. And she accepted her Nobel Peace Prize on behalf of all those who work to make the world 
better, you know, those who are part of the solution, not part of the problem. Uh, she is what we call, um, what is that? She represents Eros or the life force, the Mother Earth force. You know, folks, this is not about trivia. It's about the survival of our species, if you think it's important, right? Yes. It's about the care and cultivation, not just of human civilization, but of the earth itself, you know, the land, the life on earth. Trees are us, folks. I made a note the other day. I was listening to the uh, neocons, Republicans, what do I call them? Uh, uh, the, um, um, the thugs, you know, and they were saying, of course, that they must have tax relief, and of course they got some this week, you know, there's another, uh, a corporate, uh, ripoff going on, and, uh, I tried to make some notes about taxation, uh, you know, the price of civilization is taxation. I'm old enough to remember a time back in the 1950s, when the rich, the very rich, paid 80% of their uh, income in taxes. I remember Bob Hope used to have his best jokes about, yes, all the money that the government took away from him. Uh, he, well, you know, uh, he understood at some level, you know, that this is the price of civilization. Uh, I can't remember now. I was doing some figures again last night about what the millionaires pay, and it's enough to... Uh, send you around the bend and make you crazy. Uh, I went to the movies all week just to get away from television and uh, I noticed that the pictures, the pictures that try to address the issues uh, of these liberals, uh, they are very melancholy movies. Uh, let me see. I think we should just mention Silver City again. Liberal melancholy ride. Uh, it's all about the fact that the good people have all gone crazy, as Molly Ivan said the other night. You have got to laugh or you will go insane. The movie's review, let's see, I Love Huckabees and Silver City. Okay, a lot of talk about, you know, our perceptions of reality and all that kind of thing. Uh, what I loved about Silver City was the laughs. Uh, <laughs> John Sayles is always up there, yes. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about that movie, because I think it's going to sink like a stone. Uh, oh, nobody wants to hear bad news. Apparently, the only way to win an election is to deny everything and uh, uh, go for the gold. Declare yourself a winner, you know. Okay, feeling of despair is pouring out of John Sayles' movie, Silver City. It's about the corruption of Colorado, read Texas. Uh by a powerful local family, the Pillagers. Their scapegrace son, Richard Pillager, known among his former frat buddies as Dim Dickey, is running for governor. Dickey faces the press now and then and speaks as follows. <laughs> this is the uh, Dim Dickey character in John Sayles' Silver City. And, of course, uh, Dickey is George Bush all over. He talks like this, quote... 
In the case of capital offenses, I'm absolutely in favor of the death penalty. You hear stories about frontier justice. You can bet that the wrongdoers, the folks who couldn't play by the rules, they had some respect for that, and there was uh, 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 taxpayers didn't pay any um, if they had had taxpayers back then. Those were the good old days, I suppose. All you needed was a good strong rope and a tree to hang it from. <laughs> and if you think, yeah, yeah, if you think that's extreme, turn on television. And listen to the man who is uh, presently, uh, what is that? Uh, I was going to say in command of, but that's the wrong word, who is the present selected president of the most powerful nation on earth. Now, John Sayles wrote the spasmodic gibberish in this film, and Chris Cooper renders it with inspired timing. Let's see now. The New Yorker calls it a mixture of grim panic and sudden conviction, negative panache. (laughs) Silver City suggests that populist style simplicities propped up by money, favoritism, and evangelical certitude have more than a good chance of succeeding in this country. At the moment, this cannot be called paranoid exaggeration. Movies part satirical riff, part mournful film noir, but an open-air Colorado-style noir. Okay, now, good old David Denby. He says, an element of liberal self-pity breaks the surface. Oh, well, ouch. Self-pity is for yourself, I'm telling you. I feel plenty of pity these days. There's plenty of liberal melancholy. I have days when I think it is not so much melancholy as out-and-out rage. Uh, Let's see. When it comes to rage, let me mention one more movie before I give up on the pictures. Uh, Well, actually, I saw a movie called Zellery, Z-E-L-A-R-Y, about a town in Czechoslovakia. I don't know if it's still on the bill, but it's a wonderful movie about a community coming together during World War II. Um, Liked it. Liked it very much. Back to the land. A terrific picture. Zellery. Uh, okay. There's another movie out called Vera Drake with one of my favorite actors. Uh, it's a Mike Lee picture. And it's about an abortionist. Okay. Uh, how do you make a movie about uh, an abortionist and turn her into a hero? That's a neat trick. And Mike Lee has done it. You know Mike Lee is an independent or underground filmmaker from England who does these wonderful movies. Let's see, High Hopes. My favorite was actually Topsy Turvy, a theatrical spectacle all about Gilbert and Sullivan. He made that in 1999. Uh, loved that picture. Uh, so much good stuff. Yes, it's a, the troops during the Mikado. But anyway, let me just tell you a little bit about Vera Drake. One of these days I've got to do... Um, uh, Film reviews in depth. We have so many things. It's exhausting, as Terry Gross says. You just can't keep up. Anyway, the title character in Mike Lee's movie, Vera Drake, is a radiant middle-aged cleaning lady. Uh, That actress is Imelda Staunton. S-T-A-U-N-T-O-N. You will see her in the movies and in TV. Oh, she hangs out with Kenneth Branagh, a lot of his films. Uh, every time I turn around, I see her, a uh, British actress. She's a funny little thing, um, not a glamour girl, just this terrific little actress. Anyway, 
In this picture, she's a woman who races around London. She's a, a what is it? A, a working class woman, 1950. And of course, London is still suffering from wartime austerities. And Vera brings the light to, to everyone. She uh, is an amateur abortionist. They they refer to her as an amateur abortionist here in the New Yorker. Uh, uh, that was illegal in Britain until 1967. I assume amateur abortionists are still illegal. Now you have to be a doctor. Anyway, um, she shows up in the flats of unhappy young women and um, using a rubber tube and a noxious solution terminates one unwanted pregnancy after another. Yes, uh, in, the <laughs> in the film, yes, you see her say, yes, yes, we took care of that. Okay, she's bright and happy and she just gives of herself. Uh, doesn't matter whether she's scrubbing or cleaning or cooking or taking care of her family. Uh, she does what needs to be done. Uh, check it out. I think, what is it? Uh, there's a lot of talk here in reviews about the, uh, the style of the movie. An aesthetically harmonized rendering of a depressive, dung-colored London. Yes, we can call it artistic it's not really an art film uh yes what we see of london feels stunted by inhibition and class restriction yes a portrait of a society even the luxury of the upper class houses is peculiarly heavy and hushed anyway this is all about sexual repression and about uh oh what do we call it um the denial syndrome um there's an upper-class girl impregnated by violent, drunken lout of a boyfriend. Uh, she buys herself a medical abortion performed in a clinic, but she is stammering and dense about what happened to her. Uh, Vera Drake's cringing daughter is equally inarticulate about her gentle romance with a nearly wordless chap who visits the house. The furtiveness of Vera's activity is part of the English sexual reticence the embarrassed dithering of the period. The point of the movie, of course, is that she doesn't feel guilty, but neither does she feel uh, that she can resist. You know, there's no feminist fist in the air. Uh, she's a, a woman of her time. Uh, oh, that's what Mike Lee can capture. He does it over and over again. Uh, let's see, here it says... Uh, Mike Lee brings to life the yeoman spirit of working-class England's semi-articulate stoical gravity of men and women who survived the Blitz. Vera's generosity is the product of her ceaseless energy. Uh, okay, uh, she finds the lyrical element, the happily busy, thoughtless resilience. Uh, is so interesting. This, of course, today would be a feminist hero, but because she's so, what, frightened by authority, by the barristers and judges, uh, she remains nearly silent when she's arrested. Uh, she's crushed. She can't be defiant. Um, Mike Lee adds only one bit of rhetorical highlight, a little choral music on the soundtrack. Uh, the passages are more of a fading, a wordless sigh. But the music lets us know unmistakably that someone great has walked the streets and climbed these stairs. Yes, uh, I actually remember women like that. Um, 
tough cookies, we called them. They did what needed to be done and suffered the consequences. And uh, I wish there were a Nobel Prize for all of them, as Molly Ivins tells us. Yes, <laughs> Molly Ivins was in town at Zelderbach last week. It was wonderful to see her. She wore this um, black, this harem pants with the red, red over the top. Uh, she's such fun and gives hope. She's always talking about having fun while we're doing the fighting. Otherwise, otherwise things get grim, folks. Yes, I tried to write some comic letters last night to send to the uh, the newspapers in the swing states. That's what we can do between now and elections. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Miami Herald, Toledo Blade. That's what we can do this week. If you want to know names and addresses, call your Berkeley, well, your library reference desk. They'll give you that stuff. They're very helpful. Berkeley, well, the library reference desk will give you the names of the papers. And, of course, you can find all that stuff on the net. But the secret, of course, is to aim for the state's where the swing votes exist, you know, where people are still trying to make up their minds. And I tried to stress in my comic letter, I think I can bring it next week if it's if I finished it. Uh, I want it to persuade people. I don't want to just, you know, yell at them and, and um, do name calling. Uh, I want uh, the kind of letter that would persuade undecided voters that a regime change is real, that the democratic crowd, you know, won't kill all the children before lunch. Uh, it's so difficult because everybody, of course, is fascinated by the personalities of the two men, which I think are pretty irrelevant uh, at this point. The funny cover on the New Yorker showing George Bush as a, a goofball, you know, in his army outfit with golf clubs and John Kerry being terribly dignified in his navy dress suit and I suppose that is the way it appears to a lot of people. Uh, anyway, uh, I was looking at the letters addressed to um, uh, the liberals, so-called liberals. Uh, when did that become a bad word? You know, um, commie, fag, girly men, limptic liberals, nattering nabobs of negativity, uh, you know, uh, the... New York Jews, beatniks, Buddhists, vegans, um, feminazi, lesbian, Darwinian dorks who believe that, you know, <laughs> we evolved from the earlier primates. Creationists are really mad. You know, uh, New Age, latte liberals. Actually, yes, out of the hot tubs and into the streets isn't a bad cry. Uh, but I think I'm letting go of all the, what would you call it, uh, expletives, all of the angry stuff, and trying to simply appeal to uh, everybody, or at least everybody's mother, you know, that it is time. It is time for a grown-up to come to the White House. Uh, it really is embarrassing. We need a grown-up. Um, obviously, as James Thurber used to say, uh, we are in a crisis. You can fool too many of the people too much of the time. And... Uh, it's amazing with this flood, waves and waves of books and uh, material out there, people are still pretty much um, pretty much reduced to the, uh, the sound bites, the little bits and pieces on television, boy, television. Uh, that's why 
I turned to this pile of books. Uh, the one I have in front of me, our premium for today, is the one by Cornell West. And uh, I asked a friend the other day if she didn't think that John Kerry should play the God card, you know, take back Christ. And she said, no, 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 Catholic is not a plus. Uh, I really don't know. Politics has become such a strange Strange affair. Um, I would have thought that most people would assume that John Kerry, being a Roman Catholic, was a godly man. Uh, <laughs> yes, we'll find out tomorrow if he plays the God card. Uh, I definitely thought that Bush had shot himself in the foot in the debates. Um, but I, I can't be sure. Now, in Democracy Matters, there's this chapter by Cornell West in which he explains the crisis of Christian identity in America. Here comes Susan Stone to help me. And uh, let's see. You don't need help, Jennifer. Of course I do. I need to give out the phone number. Cornell West is trying to, what do you call that, reclaim Christian identity. Uh, what can we call them? I don't want to call them the good Christians and the bad Christians. I like his terminology. He talks about prophetic Christianity. That's the, the Christianity of Jesus, who was, of course, a victim of the establishment, as opposed to Constantinian Christianity, which is state theocracy. That is the, uh, the government, the government's, uh, Christianity, which apparently is evangelical Christianity. Now, I heard a lady on the, uh, radio this morning, let's see, she says that Carrie's ungodly because he's not a born again. Aha, the phone number, Susan is holding them up. I see them, 510-848-5732. That's our local phone number, folks, in the five and dime area code, 510-848-KPFA. And... If you're outside this area code, you need to phone an 800 number. 1-800-HEY-KPFA, that's hey with an E. 1-800-H-E-Y-K-P-F-A-439-5732. Now, uh, this is an expensive premium, folks. Um, Democracy Matters by Cornell West goes for a membership of $120. Okay, that's $10 a month. That's, let's see, just about 35 cents a day. That's about one-third of a cappuccino. Not sure how much, but it's twice... It's less than a frappuccino. Well, it's twice what I pay for my cat. <laughs> my cat food is up to 60 cents a day. I don't know how long I can afford that creature. God bless her. Uh, <laughs> 1-800-439-5732. Jennifer Stone, our muse, our voice of reason, offering a great book. This is really a keepsake, Jen. It's interesting because, you know... He he was confusing to me at first, Cornell West, because he does such a wonderful job of being a populist. As a matter of fact, he got into trouble for that, you know. <laughs> he had to change jobs because, uh, yes, um, you know how it is when the president 
of the um, university thinks that you're a little bit too uh, too loose around the edges. You know, uh, it's funny. What he does is he he takes uh, takes a chunk of popular culture and he puts it in its uh, its right place. Uh, I I don't know. I think at first I was a little startled, you know, to see this heavy academic. Uh, I've seen him recently on uh, television. Uh, Bill Maher didn't know what to do with him. He kept saying, you know, stop using all those big academic words, Cornell. And, you know, actually, Cornell West was recently in the movie The Matrix, The Matrix yes, Reloaded, you know. A couple know. of years ago, right? Yeah, and they asked him, yeah, it was a couple of years ago, you're right. And they asked him, you know, uh, how he could do this sort of thing. And he doesn't have that hardening of the categories, you know, that demands that you just stay in your little box. He's all over the map. 1-800-439-5732. Democracy Matters. Cornell West, it's our thank you gift for listening into Jennifer Stone, as many of you do year-round. And now's the time to put your money where your love of this program is because we desperately need your support. Not desperately. No, not. we don't want to say that, but we do need it. And we'd like you to dedicate mm-hmm. your pocket change to this show by a call of support. You know, he, um, Cornell West... And uh, I believe it was Maya Angelou were at a wonderful lecture uh, together, interviewing each other, talking together not long ago. And I'll never forget when a person asked Maya and Cornell, what would you tell Condoleezza Rice uh-huh. if you could ask her a question? And I think she answered something along the lines, um, and he echoed with great laughter in the background. She said, I'd tell Ms. Rice, loyalty is in everything. Get another job. (laughs) 1-800-439-5732. I love that. I like it when it gets basic. When he gets basic, he says, the blood of Christianity, the blood of the cross, he says, they've made it into (laughs) Kool-Aid. That one knocked me off my, you know, that knocked my socks off. I mean, he really is pretty angry. It's it's strange. Um, He says that surveys have shown that 80% of Americans call themselves Christians. I didn't know that. 80%. 72 expect the second coming of Christ. 40% say they speak to the Christian God on intimate terms at least twice a week. And we want any one of you to call. (laughs) 1-800-439-5732. Our spoken word Mm -hmm. programming is cover to cover where we take loveliest of risks because, hey, you got to go out on the uh, the limb because that's where Mm -hmm. the fruit is, right? And Jennifer Stone knows where the fruit is. And it's uh, stone, our stone fruit here, 1-800-439-5732. We have just a moment or two before we go to our news headlines at 4 o'clock. You're listening to the inimitable Pacifica Radio and the even more inimitable Jennifer Stone Tuesdays at 3.30 and Thursday mornings at 8.20 I believe it is. Is that right? On the morning show. 8.20 yes on the morning show I just have a little tiny bit where I try to say something intelligent. These days you know words get to be such a problem. What was it Cornell said the other day about Christianity? Uh, it was so funny. He he. I think what he knows he knows uh what is that? Uh, you can. What is it? It isn't. You can fool all of the people. No, I'm. I'm losing it. it. I'm losing it. What he understands, you know, is that we're up against messianic males who think they talk to God and they rule nuclear nations. You know, and when they claim that authority, uh, it's difficult uh, these days to argue. Every time I hear the what I would call. Um, 
what is it, the, the born-again evangelical message coming from George Bush. I expect all the people listening to him, you know, to jump up and wave the Constitution at him. But apparently that isn't working. Uh, he talks so much about the battle between prophetic Christians and Constantinian Christians, and his point, of course, is that Jesus is brutally executed by the Roman Empire, you know. <laughs> the The Christian Christian is the victim of the establishment. And that may just be what happens to all of us, folks. I have to give you the phone number here again. It's 1-800-HEY-KPFA, H-E-Y-K-P-F-A, and it's 510 local, 510-848-KPFA, 848-5732, to get a copy of Cornell West's Democracy matters uh cornell is fascinating i think maybe next week i will just keep going because i want to talk about forging new jewish and islamic democratic identities found a stack of jewish poems last night and got got all carried away uh, it's getting harder and harder yes oh, it's getting harder and harder to be uh what is the word? Uh, a force for peace in the world, folks. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I wish you all uh, a a um, uh, a fun debate tomorrow. I think I'm going to watch the darn thing. I'm getting awfully nervous. I try not to watch, but I cannot resist even the little bit of information we get from those uh, television debates between the two candidates. Uh, I hope Mr. Bush shoots himself in the foot again. 1-800-439-5732. Jennifer Stone, cover to cover. The place is KPFA or KPFB in Berkeley. KFCF in Fresno. Jennifer, we've got to go. Till next time, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Thank you so much. It's 3.59. Hard Knock Radio is next. This evening, La Rosa Chronicles Indigenous Peoples Day special starting at 7 p.m. 94.1 FM.